Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who uh, he's found his tunes that he know that he can study to, and it has something to do with a country road. Welcome, Jacob. Well, just take me home then. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Why? Thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just wants to read and play video games. Welcome, Drew. There weren't any video games happening in this movie. Well, you do like to read. I do like to read. But there were no video. Well, I do. I do enjoy fantasy, and there were plenty of fantasy fairy tale stuff in uh, this. Agree. So, yeah, we'll go with that. That'll work. I'm fairly certain I've played a game in the environment the Baron was in in this movie. <laughs> There's probably a few games in, inspired by that, or something very like that. much so. Yeah. How are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm doing fairly well. It's kind of get used to not taking adjusting glasses on. I uh, decided to wear contacts tonight, so do something different. Uh, doing pretty good. Work is work, and uh, praying, and hopefully they can hire more people because that gets really aggravating really fast. Right. Uh, like anybody knows nowadays, that are you know how our country is and our world is right now. So yeah, if you're hiring, if yeah, so if you're looking for a job, yeah, go work at Berkshire Brothers. Jacob needs help. Right. And especially if you're in the Jacksonville area. Yeah, or you know East Texas area either way. So either way. Also, everyone needs to go out and get a job if they don't have yeah, one. Exactly. You're making it harder on us who are working. Yeah. Plus, you know, tankers are stuck in ports and can't get them to move. Yeah. Because, yeah, just those you know, fun little things where everything keeps going up because they won't move things because of COVID. And there again, COVID is a real thing. It's we, not fake. We, we, we never we all, said it was fake. Yeah, we all know that, but some people believe that. So I just want to make that clear. COVID is real. So, but we're not getting, you know, anybody's going to take us off the air because we're saying something we're not. Okay. All right. So, with that out of the way. Uh, not that this was a COVID cast in any no, way, it's shape, not a COVID form. cast at all. <laughs> we're not giving you information about COVID. <laughs> Either way, we're going straight out the, the you, bow of the ship into the depths of the ocean with this. <laughs> you've gotten off kilt. I can yeah, already tell. Apparently, yes. I thought I got prepped for this, but apparently my ADD had different plans. It helps when you're able to watch yourself on the, on the screen all the time. Exactly. That makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> so either way, yeah, I'm doing very well. How about you, Jerp? I'm doing all right. It's been a interesting little week. And of course, I got the bad news last weekend that Final Fantasy fourteen got delayed. But other than that, I'm fine. Uh, but I've had a pretty decent week. That's uh, good. Not nothing too crazy happened. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? All right. So, what I've been watching? All right. So, I finished MacGyver season th- season two, the original series from the 1980s. Uh, the 
the series in which I love, grew up watching, and that's why I carry around a Swiss Army knife with me. Mm-hmm. Because it's useful in every situation. Right. So then, so as most of our listeners know, we were doing Tangled the series, or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. And, uh, and those episodes will be coming back out again soon. Yes. Um, how, because like, I have time. Oh, excellent. So just curious, uh, the episodes that have dropped so far. All of season one. We have not started season two drops okay, yet. Okay, excellent. Okay. So so for for those of you who don't know, those of you who don't know. Technically, all of Tangled the series is out. We have not started Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure yet. Yeah, we haven't started that yet. What's technically, apparently... Apparently, it was still Tangled Adventure until about midpoint of season two, and then it became Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. No, it's the the it's the. It's Tangled the series just in season one, and then starting with season two, it's Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. Fair enough. Fair enough. At least with the opening sequence. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Either way, either way or or. Uh, so, as most of us know, be like, it took us a year to go through Tangled and get, well, it was partially my fault because it took me that much time to edit because I'm, I have a very bad case. Well, and we had already, we had this idea. Yeah, we had this idea. There was an idea, to yeah. quote uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But it's not the Avengers Initiative. No. The idea was we would do this uh, TV, we'd be editing these TV shows, we'd be commenting mm-hmm. on the TV shows and you and it was your idea mm-hmm. and you brought up Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure and I or Tangled the series I don't remember how you told me told me and I, I said <laughs> well after seeing that clip yes I kind of am curious yes and then in the process we did the uh season 1 of Lower Decks mm-hmm. and then immediately after that we went into ThunderCats 2011 mm-hmm. And we planned it. I even, in all through January of this year, I released five episodes a week (laughs) so that we'd be done with Thundercats so that we'd be able to jump straight into Tangled, the series. Yes. And then, and all this time we were recording, except we had taken a break when we finished season one and we're trying to get back into season two. Yes. And because... I was worried when we were all setting this up how I would have time to, to edit. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, those episodes are a lot easier to edit than a normal episode. Right. But that's beside the point. <laughs> now we're like two thirds of a season behind on getting caught up. Yeah. And apparently I have some procrastination issues. Don't we all? So we're in another gap until we get caught up on <laughs> releasing. Season two, which I'm going to get started on it this week. Yeah. After I get something else edited. Right. That I need to get sent off to someone else on the Culture Box Media Network. Good. Good. So, so with all that said, because when we recorded season two of Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Tangled the Series. Uh, a.k.a. Right, whatever you want to call it. A.k.a. whatever you want to call this ser- series at one point. Thank you, Disney, for changing things. Uh, so... We we so we record about halfway through season two, mm-hmm. and then we the brakes got pumped on that because you know different things came up, and that's normal. I was feeling overwhelmed. Yeah, which is and fun. I need to go back to being whelmed. That is perfectly understandable. Except whelmed isn't a word. No, but anyway, no, it's not a, not a word. But 
So we, we stopped and my, me wanting to finish at least season two, at least finish season two. Mm-hmm. So this week or what was it? It was early last week. It was early. No, it was, uh, I started Friday and then I finished yesterday, I think, or the day before. Um, so I finished, finally finished watching season two of Tangled or mm-hmm. Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure. And wow, just saying, just watching every, because there again, the internet spoils you on so much. Yeah. On a lot. So watching all of season two in its entirety is like, whoa, incredible. Be like, so if you have not watched Tangled Series or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, please go check that out. Uh, and then I get into season three and. To be bluntly honest, mm-hmm. to be bluntly honest, I'm watching the first episode of season three. So it gives you more backstory to what happened at the very end of season two. Right. And I. Something that, about blue hair. Something about blue hair. There again. Because I've seen those pictures. It, if you have watched the series, please do not put spoilers in the commentary where you're posting. Because just in doing my little bit of research I've done for the show, when I've mm-hmm. been bringing up trivia and such, yes. I'll the blue routinely hair see, oh, blue hair. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what that could be about. <laughs> yeah. Because I can't actually put two and two together. Yeah, I'm pretty Which is sure. why I'm not mentioning who has exactly. the blue hair. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's really interesting why this person I'm has sure blue hair. I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it has something to do with that scene. Probably. But that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that episode, episode one, season three, broke me. I'm sitting there before work, and I'm just choking up. Because there, there's a certain song that we've already finished with recording. Uh, I think it's in the middle of season two. Middle of mm-hmm. season two. It's uh, Rapunzel in the Dark Tree. Yes. The Winter certain song, Waiting in the Wings. Yeah. Wrong one. Wait, I went. I went to the, no, the no, enchantment. No, no, not that song. <laughs> that song's also an episode. I think an episode. All of a sudden, my two. hair turns black, my eyes go black, and everything. And I'm running for dying. the doors best I can before I get sucked in. <laughs> before I succumb to the asthma, asthma, asthma. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> before before I succumb to uh, becoming choked by. Asthma is the word you're trying to say, maybe. Something like that. Asthmatic? No, not asthmatic. That's the closest I can come up with what what you actually got out. As as, uh, the 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 mist or something like that. That's the word I was trying to look for. But either or either or anywho. Anyways. Uh so yes, if you've watched Tangled or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure, you've watched season two completely. You've watched the first half Mm -hmm. of Season three, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Meanwhile, I'm back here thinking, I'm probably going to have to watch all these episodes again to get caught back up because I'm not going to remember what's going on. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Although and I think I goes, can skip going back through season one again. And then they skip to, oh, my gosh, we got to go do this. What? <laughs> it's like, don't get me wrong. This which is a means really good I, series. Which it means is. I get to be reintroduced to those stupid little island dudes that annoyed me so much. I haven't got there yet. No, this was season two. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ow, I'm going yeah. back through season two, and I got to yes. go back to the island, dudes. It's like, <laughs> <sighs> sorry. 
But yes, there's some like spoilers that. for upcoming and, content. Yes, it doesn't give really any context to what's really going on. But uh, Josh is suggesting the word you were looking for earlier was miasma. Miasma. Thank you, Josh. Thank you so much. I am so scatterbrained today. It's not even funny. So yes, that is what I've been. I've been watching uh, Tangled the series or Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure season three, which is really good, and I would recommend to anybody. Who's ever watched Tangled? Because Tangled is better than Frozen. Fight me on it. Uh, who would? Yeah, who would? It's a really good. It's a good movie. Some four-year-old, maybe. <laughs> I mean, most adults would probably say you're correct, just so they don't have to hear "Let It Go" again. That is true. They just can't hold it back anymore. Who so, can? Yeah, exactly. So Tangled's better. Uh, so yes, I I got around to watching that. I got to watch it. It's really good. Highly recommend it. And then while I'm watching Whispers of the Heart, finishing watching this movie, and it's like, okay, I remember Drew talking about how The Cat Returns is a prequel. And I'm like, well, okay, I've got Hang to- on, because you act. I- I'm going to ha- I'm. Go ahead. No, go ahead, because you just gave away the answer to the trivia question. Oh, I did. Ooh, not good. Oh, go ahead. I will, I will jump do the trivia question when you get done with your part. All right. Because so, I did mention I would read people's names who got it right, which means I need to bring those up. Go ahead. Yeah. So I I, I, I text Drew. It's like, dude, can I borrow the cat returns? Because I knew he had it. I was in the middle of the stream. Josh can back me up on that. Mm-hmm. So I text him. like, hey, can I borrow the movie? He's like, sure. Middle of a stream. So I come on over, grab the movie. It's nearly nine o'clock at night. So I popped the movie in, and it's just like, oh my gosh. Yes. Um, I'd be like, this movie is amazing. If you have not watched The Cat Returns, which I think it should be called The Baron Returns, because it makes more sense. Um, it's just an amazing film. Be like, these two movies are night and day. Night and day. It's just so, it's so good. So, yeah. That is all I've been watching. Well, since you did bring up the trivia question. Yes. Our trivia question this week was... What character from Whispers of the Heart goes on to star in another Studio Ghibli film? We had three people answer. Uh, in order of correctness, ah. because some people were not specific. Oh. <laughs> Dallas of Geek Devotions just says the cat. Mm. That's only one point. That's one point, yeah, pretty much. Uh, David Gardner a- of uh, the, the Enthusiast. I can't even say this guy's name. The Enthusiast. It's enthusiast and theist oh, is one okay. word. Well, so never mind. Enthusiast. Enthusiast. Anyway. That's an interesting thing. He says the Baron. I'll give that five points. Yeah. But at ten points, Josh Adams says Baron Humbert von Gekikengen, which is essentially the guy's name, mm-hmm. comes back in The Cat Returns. He says at the time he hadn't seen it yet, but could tell that was probably the case from the title cards on HBO Max. Now, the, the question would be, Josh, it's okay. You got the answer correct, but did you have to Google it in order to figure he, out how to spell it? I hope so, because I'm not <laughs> sure. I don't know. I don't even know if he spelled it right. I am, it's, I'm yeah, being I it's nice right. about that. Yeah. I but, think, but yeah, congratulations, guys. Like. So whatever level of points you got, that's awesome, guys. Thank yeah, you so much. I, I would. I might keep up with that. You never know. That's a that's a really. There good may point. not be prizes, but I might keep up with that. Yeah, it sounds. Like, I feel like it's it's a lot of fun. So yeah, guys, thank you so much for uh, putting in your answers. 
And uh, Drew over here might continue doing that. That's really I, I'm actually looking up a uh, one right now for, for our next movie. Ah. So now our trivia question for this week is, who wrote the English language version of Princess Mononoke? Look for the post that this trivia that uh, that is going to be in the Facebook page with the same question on it and answer there. And of course, we'll if you get it right, we will read it on the next episode. So good luck. And I'm about to hit the post button right hit the now. Button. Hit the button. It's posting. Good. So go take a look for that. Yeah. Anyway, back to things. So what things are there? Well, things such as say. News. News. Okay. No, wait. I haven't said what I've been watching. No, you haven't. So get back. We got that. off on a tangent. Of course. What What's new? new? Anyway. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> There's a cat. There's cats in this movie. It makes sense. Anyway. I saw a movie over the weekend. Really? Last Friday. A certain 20. Was it 27th film in its series? 27th. Hmm. Say the second film. No, sorry. The third. No. Third film of of the phase four of this franchise. Oh, you're referring to Eternals? Yes. I saw Eternals. Ah. And it is a fairly decent movie. It is a little more darker, I'd say, than some of the other MCU offerings so far. Okay. But uh, it really opened up a lot about certain aspects of the MCU lore that they hadn't had a chance to go into too much yet. Okay. Including, but they've brought up, of course, once or twice before. Namely, Celestials. Hmm. Both times in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, now that I think about it. True. But anyway, so I saw that. That was good. Um... Other than that, I haven't had a chance to do much, watch much of anything. And playing wise, outside of the Monday night stream of Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, Definitive Edition, mm. S, I think that's the entire title. S, X, slash, two. What is this, a Kingdom Hearts game? Maybe. I'm just kidding. Same right company, <laughs> wrong franchise. Um,. I've also been playing another Square Enix game. Hmm. I hear, I see, I, I see a theme here. I have apparently I like Square Enix titles. Apparently, it comes up a lot. They get a lot of my money, mm-hmm. but this one they get my money monthly mm. because it's Final Fantasy fourteen. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> I've been playing more of that. I have been playing Black Mage because I wanted to level a Black Mage. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm making my way through that. I was in a hurry to try and get some stuff done before uh, the expansion was coming out, which was originally two weeks from this Thursday. That is no longer the case because Friday, while I'm watching Eternals, there was a, a, uh, what do you call that? A uh, a stream. Oh, okay. Stream of uh, them, and they, uh, you know, because it was, they're, they're giving out more and more news slowly and surely as they get closer. Yeah. And it started off with, yeah, the game's delayed for quality assurance reasons. Oh. And it's like, 
I'm happy, but at the same time, that's the the weekend you put it on is a very busy weekend for me. Mm. I might get some play in, but I don't know. Mm. But other than that, I've been I've it's been just kind of a normal week. I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot extra. I do have some stuff I need to watch. Okay. Same here. But I will work on that this coming week. Ah. So, what do we what do we have in the news? All right, so it's a little bit of news. All right, so Netflix has dropped the official trailer for the key art for the upcoming original animated feature Back to the Outback. Uh, it's uh, fresh from the security office of the Australian Out, uh, Wildlife Reserve. The spot offers the last known footage of global. Uh, basically, the new trailer came out for Back to the Outback. Uh, if you don't know about that trailer, go look it up. It's kind of funny. I know nothing about it. Okay, go check it out if you have the chance. Uh, that'll be coming out uh, December 10th on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It looks fun, so might review it. Possibly. Maybe. 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 You never know. All right, so... Maybe I maybe I actually might have be able to review it at my own home by that point. Amazingly, yes. Maybe just possibly that might be a miracle of the Lord. <laughs> All right. Can so, you still watch a lot of that on a PS3? That is true. That is so true. I do own a PS3. All right. I'm just saying you might have to find something else to hook up. Anyway, <laughs> continue. All right, so... Uh, I just the, thought of that as the thing. I apologize. Uh, it's all good. So, the new trailer for uh, Universal Pictures uh, Sing, uh, Sing 2 came out, and it is jam-packed full of uh, recognizable uh, actors and actresses who are known for singing, and others who are not. And many of them returning from the first movie. Exactly. Did it say when that's coming out? Uh, they, de- they described it. It's coming out in December. Uh, there's a preview coming out later this year, later mm-hmm. later this month in November, and that's like a sneak peek. Sneak peek if you want to get a the purchase for a pre a preview of the film, and it's 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 not saying when, but it's saying Christmas as its release date. That okay. is as far as I understand, December twenty second. Thank you. Close enough. Yeah, we won't get sing one in before then, but no, 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 no. We have a packed December yeah. and January. Yes, we do. So more, more on you know. More on that later. Yeah, there's. I wanted to say something about that, but I'm not going to at this moment. It's gonna be prodigious. Perhaps. Maybe. Just maybe. All right. So that's all I have in the news. Well, then we need to get into our spoiler-free section of our review of Whispers of the Heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, it just seemed to make sense. It does. Um, this is actually my second viewing of the film. So I first saw this two years ago when I was visiting a friend of mine and his wife, uh, Joseph and Jesse, and uh, up in Commerce. Yeah. And uh, I had actually gotten this and Cat Returns on like the same weekend, and I mm. post ta- I posted to him says, "Hey, I got these two movies. Y'all want to see one of them?" And she had Jesse had already seen Cat Returns. Mm. So she said, well, I hadn't seen Whispers of the Heart yet. And I said, okay, we can watch that. So we watched it. And uh, 
It wasn't what I expected the movie to be because I had heard of The Cat Returns. Mm -hmm. I had not heard of Whispers of the Heart, Mm -hmm. but I knew the cat from the other one that I'd seen clips from and saw that it was an action, high-flying adventure was in this one. So I assumed, I naturally assumed that this was had more to do (laughs) with that. If that is your thoughts, I'm going to go ahead and break your heart right now. Yes, the cat, the the Baron, is in this movie. He is not the main character in any way, shape, or form. Uh huh. He's so, mentioned a lot. He's mentioned a lot, and uh, at least a form of him takes comes up a lot in the movie. But and you get right down to it. John Denver's Country Roads has more to do with the, has, makes more appearances in this true. movie very, than the Baron does. Very true. Um, but uh, I did. In fact, if you look, I, I really do feel that the cover of this book is false advertising because it makes you think, oh, oh we're going to be going to another world. There's going to be adventures. And it's like, no, this is going to take place in 1990s Japan. Okay, that's not to say the scene does not come from the movie. Right. But it's not as much of a deal as I would have hoped. That being said, I enjoy this movie. It is kind of a love story. Yes. And um, I think it's easy, good enough that you can show it. To, uh, I think it's it's clean enough you can show it. To, but I mean, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was good. It's a nice love story. Mm-hmm. It's uh, unfortunately... The uh, only movie that Studio Ghibli has with this director, mm. and I, I, that is a sad thing. But anyway, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it, and I think kids can watch it. What are your spoiler-free thoughts? Um, so this is my first time watching the film. Drew obviously was his inspiration to do the no- month of November Studio Ghibli month, and I was. It's like okay, great. So I've watched a lot of really, really great films. And some films you didn't like. Oh, yeah. Just go back to watch the first year in Grave of Fireflies. You hear me rant for like 15 minutes. Or my rants during uh, Ocean Waves. Exactly. (laughs) They're both good. Well, his is better. Let's just say that. Only because, well, we won't get into that. Yeah, either way. go. go We've had this discussion. Yeah, go listen to those. So so I've watched some really good films, some not so good films. But uh, Whisper of the Heart uh, was really good. It was a really good uh, story about teenage love, and there again, the cover does not uh, it is more false advertising. And uh, the the Baron in question, the cat, is in the film an animation form. He's actually a character mm-hmm. instead of a statue. He's in maybe like three minutes of footage. I think it's closer to ten. Oh, okay. Carrie Elwes did not do a whole lot in this movie. No, he didn't. He didn't. So I, I'm kind of in that same sympathy as Drew. It's just more false advertising that there again, we're going to go into this fantasy world, but, but more on that but in a minute. In, yeah. But in, tr- in truth, it's more of a love story between it's, you know, preteens, it, yes. preteens and middle school and, uh, mm. their, their struggle with social life and, uh, wanting to be in love and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Coming of age. Coming of age story. Good call on that one. Uh, and overall, it's it's a good story. It's long. It is a 
very it feels like a very long drawn out story which good long storytelling format mm-hmm. is good and there are good elements within this film there's just it's it's not exactly my cup of tea as a story be like as a movie story wise it's really well done just not exactly my cup of tea family friendly absolutely there's nothing wrong with the film and uh so yeah definitely family friendly all right well that brings us to the intermissions we've got to drop some spoilers uh promote some peoples and when we come back we will get to spoiling this thing indeed don't forget that you can download download don't forget that you can't don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every tuesday over on our facebook page the cellcast our uh, Twitch channel, the Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At, at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every, for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. This podcast is part of the Culture Box Media Network. For more great content like this, please check out the link in the description. There you can find other great shows such as The Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. You can check out their podcast at untoldpodcast.com. Also, we are a part of Pop Americana, where you can enjoy other shows like Franchise Fatigue. Do you like movies? Of course you do. I bet you even like big movie franchises like Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Indiana Jones. And obviously, since you listen to us, you must like listening to movie reviews. But when... But what if I were to tell you there is a podcast that reviews film series one movie at a time? You like that? Well, then go check out the Franchise Fatigue podcast over on your favorite podcast catcher and listen to James and Gabe give an in-depth analysis and review on every movie in your favorite franchise. The following is a spoiler-filled review for whispers of the heart if you haven't seen it yet you ought to turn us off now and come back after you have watched the movie country roads take me home to the place i belong west virginia mountain mama Take me home, country roads. We almost stayed in harmony the whole time. Almost, almost. <laughs> right on. All right. I can have harmony. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. I don't sound like a strangled cat. Whispers of the Heart was directed by Yoshifumi Kondo. 
The only other two things he was directed was two little shorts, one called The Sky-Colored Seed and Little Nemo Pilot. Hmm. This was the first and only movie that he directed because, sadly, in 1998, he died of a ruptured aneurysm at the age of 47. Oh, he was considered to be, he was being groomed almost as the successor to Hayao Miyazaki for the company. Wow. That's how much they thought of this guy. Which makes sense since uh, Miyazaki actually wrote this mo- the, this movie, and uh, the English version was written by Cindy Davis and Donald H. Hewitt, who also wrote The Cat Returns. Makes sense. Getting into the cast, we've got Brittany Snow, mm-hmm. who was the voice of Shizuku Tsukushima, and in the movie Pitch Perfect, she played Chloe. I do not know who that is because I've never watched Pitch Perfect. Me either. That was the biggest thing I saw on hers. Uh, David Gallagher was the voice of Seiji Amasawa. And in the movie Super 8, he played Donnie. Okay. James Sicking was the voice of Seiya Tsukushima. That's the father. Okay. And uh, he was the captain. He was Captain Styles of the Starship Excelsior in Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Oh, okay. Yeah. The ship that gets blown up really fast. But it doesn't get blown up in that movie. It never gets blown up, actually. Oh, never mind. I feel stupid. <laughs> Scotty just uh, uh, oh! clogs, clogs up the plumbing so oh, it can't okay. go into Transwarp Drive wrong, and Kirk steals the Enterprise. Ship. Wrong ship. Yes, definitely the wrong ship. I, I was thinking more of the, the science ship that go boom in the beginning. Yeah, that's a different ship. Yes, it is. Never mind. All right. Gene Smart was the voice of Asako Tsukushima. And in Kim Possible, she was the voice of Dr. Anne Possible. I was expecting more of a reaction, but he got distracted by his phone. Of course. Did you even hear what I said? Yes, I did. Okay. (laughs) Yes, I did. Ashley Tisdale was the voice of Yuko Harada. Yeah. And uh, she was the voice of Candace Flynn in Phineas and Ferb. Yeah, she was. Along with... uh, Sharpay in mm-hmm. High School Musical. School? Yeah, she had a fairly was, good run. And wasn't she in your favorite show, Hannah Montana? <laughs> she was in one episode. Oh, okay. The crossover, actually. That's probably why I didn't pay that close attention to it when I was doing my note. Harold Gould was the voice of Shiro Nishi. And in the movie The Sting, he pay, played Kid Twist. I've not seen The Sting. I've never heard of it. It's a fairly old movie. It was a fairly big movie. It was like, uh, I think it won some Academy Awards. Kid Twist? No, uh, The Sting. Oh, The Sting. He played Kid Twist in The Sting. Okay, okay, okay. I don't even know if that's a big character, but anyway. No, The Sting, yes. Okay. Courtney Thorne Smith was the voice of Shiho Tsukushima. And in the the movie, the TV show, According to Jim, she played Cheryl. Okay. Which was the wife. Mm-hmm. I had to look that up. Martin Spangers was the voice of Sugimura. And uh, he played Randy Randinger in something called The Comebacks. Mm. Mike Burum was the voice of Kenuyo. And he played a character. Sorry, she played a character named Micah in something called Hollywood.con. I've heard of a movie like that. It's apparently came out coming out this year. Okay. It looks bad. (laughs) Okay. That's fair enough. (laughs) 
Last and most certainly not least, Carrie Elways mm -hmm. was the voice of the Baron. And he is most famous for playing Wesley mm -hmm. in The Princess Bride. As you wish. And Robin Hood in Robin Hood Prince, Prince uh, Men in Tights. I still haven't seen it. I own it, but I haven't watched it yet. So I just noticed that in the chat, notice one, in the chat. One of the chats. One of the chats. One of the chats. That Josh had pointed out that Ash Tidales was also in the life of... The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Thank you. That's probably the crossover with... Uh, exactly. With Hannah Montana. Montana. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. All right. Wanted to point that out. So, there's quite a number of Kingdom Hearts connections in this one. A couple of big ones. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start low to high. Okay. Bradley Pierce was a high school student in this. And uh, was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. D. Bradley Baker was additional voices in this, and he played Waka in Kingdom Hearts. Waka Waka. A.J. Buckley was a high school student in this, and was additional voices in Kingdom Hearts. Uh. Brittany Snow, who played Shizuku, voices Namine in Kingdom Hearts. You don't know who that is yet. The name sounds really familiar. Oh, sh you should. From our first year on the, on our lost episode when I was trying to untangle everything because I brought her up. You did. That's right. But you don't know who that is yet. No, I One day, we will get back to the Kingdom Hearts streams yes. and you'll learn. Yes, Josh. Thank Naminé. Yeah. And we, I don't know if we'll ever release that lost episode. I don't know if I still have that lost episode. <laughs> we, we, we're going to have to redo it then. That was interesting. Uh, maybe. maybe. Anyway, last and most certainly not least in our Kingdom Hearts connections, David Gallagher, who voiced Seiji in this, is Riku in Kingdom Hearts. Really? Yes. I know who Riku is. Yeah, I know you know who Riku is. That's why I saved him for last. Exactly. Anyway, what do we got in info and stuff? So, info and stuff. All right. So, uh, you can watch um, Whispers of the Heart on HBO Max. You subscribe to HBO Max. Uh, on IMDb, it has a score of 7.9 out of 10. Production was Studio Ghibli, obviously. Uh, distribution was by Toho. And its American distributions were two. was originally the Walt Disney Company until... Uh, it was redistributed by G Kids uh, most recently, which is the version you have up here. Mm -hmm. uh, release date: It was a re released in Japan on July fifteenth, nineteen On March seventh of two thousand and six, it was released and dubbed in English in um, in America. Uh, box office, I could not find anything regarding the Japanese release. Because uh, most of them, they do have releases for theater, movie theater releases. Yes, but they don't always post the uh, no, the don't. takings from it. A lot of times if they do post something, it's in tickets that sold, not in, the, not in the money they made. That is true. All right, so it's U.S. and Canada uh, gross was $498,000. Uh, and its its world gross wasn't that much more. It was five hundred eighty five thousand uh, dollars. There again, these are limited releases, so mm -hmm. they don't generate a whole lot of revenue. All right, so home release, uh, Whispers of the Heart was released in Japan. Uh, released in Japan, uh, July fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. The first 
video in the country to use Dolby Digital sound format. Uh, it was released on VHS and Laserdisc on July 2000, uh, 2000, 1996, and VHS later, the reissue uh, Bonavista Home Entertainment Japan in July 25th, 2000, 1997. And they later saw a DVD release on... May twenty seventh, May twenty fourth, two thousand two thousand two. Uh, unlike other Ghibli films in the country, this one had not been reissued or remastered in the said country. In two thousand in two thousand eleven, uh, Walt Disney Studio Japan released the movie on Blu-ray. Whispers, Whispers of the Heart. Here comes the U.S. release. Mm-hmm. The English dub. Uh, this film was produced by Walt Disney Pictures in 2003, but it wasn't released until March 7th, 2006, when it came out on DVD. Uh, Turner Classic Movies uh, televised both the dub and subbed versions on July 9th, 2006. The North American Blu-ray was released by Walt Disney Studio Home Entertainment, May 22nd, 2000, 2012, alongside Castle in the Sky in the Secret World and uh, Ariana. Secret World of Arietti. Arietti. I almost got it right. It's the one you gave me the poster for that I never had a chance I, to hang out. That is true. Uh, G-Kids reissued the film on Blu-ray and DVD um, in July 16th, 2018 under the new deal with Studio Ghibli. And it's sequel, it has a prequel, and we will review it, and it is an amazing film, as we both said. Uh, the Cat Returns. So, yeah, that came out in 2005? I believe so. Yeah. It was the first movie after this one mm-hmm. that was directed by somebody besides Miyazaki and or uh, Takahata. Mm-hmm. Every movie in between there was voiced by them, and... This movie actually, uh, Whispers of the Heart, actually caused uh, Miyazaki to go into an early, uh, his first retirement. Really? Yeah. because Not because of this movie, but because um, the director mm-hmm. passed. He That shook that him is- the much he, he retired. But then came back later for Princess Mononoke. That makes sense. And also, if memory serves the movie, the reason the movie had been released the reason there's a three-year gap between when they did the dub and it was released was because of the uh, copyright issues with the song Country, uh, Country Roads, which is featured prominently in the film, mm-hmm. which is why we sang it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it took them a while to get that cleared up enough where they could re- they could use it here. Because mm-hmm. they do like... It's not just that they had to get John Denver's permission or this. You also had to get Olivia Newton John's permission because it's her version that starts it. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and then they just sing like 30 different versions throughout the whole film. They did. It's like, uh, I get what you're doing, but this is just weird. I agreed. Anyway, getting into the summary for this film Shizuku Tsukushima is a 14 year old girl who attends Muk. Mukai Hara Junior High School, where she is best friends with Yuko Harada. She lives in a Tokyo suburb with her parents, Asako, Seiya, and older sister, Shiho, and is keen on books. One summer evening, she looks through the checkout cards at her library 
in her library books and discovers they were all checked out previously by someone named Seiji Amasawa. Shizuku meets Yuko at the school and reveals her rendering of Take Me Home Country Roads she was working on for the school graduation, including a mockery named Concrete Roads. Yuko reveals that she has a crush on a boy named Sugimura who happens to be Shizuku's friend. Yuko and Shizuku walk home when she realizes she left her book at the school. She runs back to discover a boy reading her book while teasing her rendering of Concrete Roads. A set of original lyrics describing Tama Newtown, which if you remember was the setting of Pompoko, that Shizuku based on the song. The boy tells her how corny her lyrics are, which leaves her feeling irritable for the rest of the evening. The next day, while on her way to the library, Shizuku encounters a cat commuting on the train and follows it to discover an antique shop run by Shiro Nishi. In the shop, there's a cat statuette nicknamed the Baron, as well as a centuries-old antique clock. Realizing she's late for the library, Shizuku runs out, feeling ecstatic about finding a place where stories begin, only to run into a boy into the boy she had met the previous day, who returns her lunchbox she left behind. She comments on how much food is in the box, or he comments on how much food is in the box, and rides away, singing her song, leaving Shizuku in another foul mood. When school restarts, Yuko is devastated when Sugimura asks her to reply to a love letter his teammate sent. Shizuku confronts Sugimura and scolds him for his actions, only for him to reveal he had a crush on she had a crush he had a crush on her. However, she rejects him in order to not hurt Yuko. Shizuku leaves feeling leveled, uh, feeling dis disconsolate. Shizuku decides to head to the antique shop, meeting the boy once more. He shows her the workshop where she discovers that he is learning to make violins to pursue, his, to pursue his dream of becoming a master luthier. She begs him to play the violin for her, but he agrees on the condition that she sings along. The pair perform Country Roads. The boy is revealed to be Seiji, Nishi's grandson, and Shizuku and Seiji finally befriend each other. Seiji admits that he admires Shizuku's talents and reveals his dream to become a luthier, as well as his efforts of checking out a large number of books in the hopes that she would eventually notice him. Days later, Seiji leaves for Cremona, Italy for a two-month study with a master violin maker. Inspired by Seiji, Shizuku decides to pursue her skill for writing seriously in the same two months. She asks Nishi if she can write a story featuring the Baron, to which Nishi grants his consent in exchange for being the first to read her story. Shizuku concocts a fantasy story featuring herself as the protagonist, the Baron as the male hero looking for his lost love, Luis, and the cat from the train, a neighborhood stray who is, among other names, known as Moon or and Muta, as the antagonist. Devoting her time to her writing, Shizuku stays up until early in the morning and her school grades drop. She argues with her family over her grades and future, and she and as she continues to push herself, her anxiety mounts. When her story is complete, Nishi reads it and gives his honest assessment. Shizuku bursts into tears as the stress of the last two months turns into relief. Nishi consoles her and tells her the real-life story of the Baron. When he studied in Germany in his youth, he found his first love, a woman named Louise. Nishi discovered the twin statuettes of the Baron and his female companion in a cafe, but as the female one was away for repairs, the shopkeeper would only allow Nishi to buy the Baron if Louise agreed to hold on to its companion so they would be, could be reunited. However, the two lovers and their cat statues were separated during World War II. In the original Japanese script, Shizuku never knew of the truth of the Baron's origin or of Luis, and Seiji 
earlier tells her that his grandfather refuses to speak of it. This makes Shizuku's inclusion of Luis in the story a tremendous coincidence or something else. But in the English dub, Seiji's dialogue is changed and he briefly tells her about Luis. Deciding she needs to learn more about writing and that she wants to attend high school, Shizuku announces to her mother that she will resume studying for her high school entrance exams. Shizuku wakes up early in the morning and sees Seiji outside on his bicycle, having returned a day earlier. In the English dub, Seiji tells Shizuku he decided to finish high school before returning to Cremona to become a luthier, differing from the, which differs from the Japanese dialogue when she says he will return to Cremona after middle school graduation is planned. Seiji asks Shizuku, takes Shizuku on his bike to a hidden lookout where they see the sunrise. Seiji professes his love for Shizuku and proposes that they marry in the future. She happily accepts. Shizuku's version of Country Roads plays over the ending credits while daily life in the hometown is observed. Getting into the trivia for this, this marked the first use by Studio Ghibli of digital composition, meaning that elements of scenes were composed using a computer. In this case, it's the flying scenes with Baron within Shizuku's story. The scene contains a lot of elements moving independently, including the small planets and Shizuku's characters. Although all these elements were animated by traditional means, they were combined using computer technology. The backgrounds, clouds, and flying islands, called Laputas, in the flying sequence were painted by an artist named Naohisa Inoue. He is a former high school art teacher who continued painting pictures of Iblard on his own. When he was his... When he had his exhibition, he sent an invitation to Hayao Miyazaki since he was a huge fan of Miyazaki's animes. Of course, he didn't expect anything, but Miyazaki showed up and he bought one painting, which is now on the wall of the cafeteria at Ghibli. The painting is called Upward Draft and looks exactly like the fantasy scene in the film. When uh, Miyazaki asks him, can you work on our next film? In a way, also worked in this film as a voice actor. He is one of Mr. Nishi's friends who joins the Country Roads Jam Session. Specifically, he's the tall one. Really? Okay. Yeah. When Shizuku is looking to, uh, for a new book to read in the library, you can see on the bookshelf a book called Totoro. Um, Country Roads at the beginning was sung by Olivia Newton-John. Mm -hmm. The version which Shizuku sang throughout the movie and at the end were sung by Yoko Hano, the voice actress for Shizuku. Really? Yes. On the pendulum with the mechanical dwarfs, you can read Porco Rosso on the clock face, yep. which is, of course, a reference to uh, Porco Rosso, of which the director, Yoshifumi Kondo, worked as an animator. Really? Yes. During the filming for Kiki's Delivery Service, there was concern that the name of the film, along with the character Gigi, a black cat, would create a trademark conflict with Kuroneko Tabi Ubin, which is uh, Black Cat Express Delivery. Kuroneko Tabi Ubin is like UPS or FedEx in the U.S. and has a black cat as its logo. Huh. A compromise was reached when Kuroneko Taki Ubin agreed to act as a sponsor for the film. Uh, uh, in Whispers of the Heart, set in 1990s Japan, features cameos by several of Kuroneko Tabiyubin's distinctive green and tan delivery trucks, including a shot of one in, in traffic early on when Shizuku arrives at school, when she and Yuko are walking from school and, and during the closing credits, where the logo is clearly visible. And there's probably many others in background shots. Miyazaki, who, screen, who was the screenwriter for this one, 
wanted the ending shown to be sappier. Uh, he said, why am I proposing this film is because no matter how hard middle-aged men try to point out the naivete and fragility of such dreaming, we can never deny the longing for an encounter with the opposite sex so wholesomely and honestly as depicted in the original story. As this is actually based on a one-shot manga, which I did not get the name written down for. My apologies. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the trivia. Jacob. This was your first viewing. What was your first like for this film? My first, my first like, first like in this movie is the light and shadows of this film. Uh, it is done tremendously well. You have, uh, it's not like the shadow behind me if you're watching us live. Uh, but this is where the, the artist is, because there again, this is traditional animation. And you have the, the character, and also you have, you're doing the lighting, so... If I remember correctly, those are two different elements that are done traditionally. Or if they're done... Uh, it's it's kind of... It depends. A lot of times it is baked in. Yeah. Because of the... Because of the uh, it's not like 3D animation where no. there was for a long time baked in and then they moved it to being a separate process. Right. Where the computer kind of did the lighting. And this, I think it's still kind of baked in because that's the only way you could really do the... But then there are some light effects that have, uh, that work that differently. So anyway, I agree, and uh, definitely with this film, it looks like the the animation and the lighting are done at the exact same time because that's kind of how you did it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's just done beautifully because you have so many scenes where uh, our main character, how do you pronounce her name again? Shizuku. Shizuku. Uh, where you'll have her running across, or she's going under trees, and you see the reflection of the light bouncing off or like coming through the tree. And so you get this great contrast of Suzuku and the light, uh, going through the tree, just very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And just the, the use of shadows, the use of light. And this movie is just tremendously well done. And, um, yeah, just, I, I love the, uh, that's, that's a weird place to start, but it's the, the shadows and the lighting effects. It very traditional lighting and shadow effects. Uh, for an animated film or a hand-drawn animated film, mm -hmm. which I just loved it. It was so great. I just love watching that kind of detail of films. So what's your number one? My first like is that this is a down-to-earth love story. Agreed. Unlike the previous Studio Ghibli love story that we talked about last year. Ocean Waves. Yeah. Um, Actual like this one, I feel that that one still kind of felt a little. I'm not going to say fake, per se, but that one was still kind of not. That, that there was still some fantasy element to it. Agreed. This is like very real. I mean, I every moment of this relationship I can see happening yeah. as being real, and it's there's there is the only fantastical elements are when we're actually in the Baron story, but for the most part, the rest of it. Is all and you almost could do that live action and there be no change other than it may not be as pretty in my opinion. Uh, but I love that it's just a it, it's since they didn't they weren't having to punch up you know all the fantasy sequences and stuff mm -hmm. and were able to just focus in on it. They got to be really detailed on making the Tama Hills of Japan look so so beautiful and. Focus in on the story. Everything worked to give you the belief mm. that these two people are in love. Yeah. Exactly. By the end of it. Yeah. To the point where it's like, 
you you at the at the end when they're when he's trying to when they're they're working their way up that hill it's like yeah. you know you could both walk if you would both not be hard headed about it yeah. but yet I can see this because yes but at the same time it's like uh, I I like how the the char- these characters actually do feel like they're in love both characters yes. feel like they're in love with each other unlike in ocean waves. <laughs> Be curious, go check that episode out. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I I really enjoyed I really enjoyed how this one handled it. It was it's a sweet story and it yeah, it like like uh, Miyazaki said, it is a very has a very sappy ending. Mm-hmm. But it, I can appreciate a sappy ending like yeah. this. Part of the reason well, we've talked about some other movies that had that were love stories that they didn't quite end the sappy that I kind of wanted to end the sappy, mm-hmm. namely your name, where I was sitting there going, just say the freaking name, <laughs> run towards each other, kiss, do something, something. embrace but no. cheesiness. Yes, exactly. But no, this one we get more of that to where it actually ends on the kiss. It's all leading to that kiss there at the mm-hmm. very end to the point where it's like, yeah, we got to the kiss roll credits. Yep. Good job. It's like, part of me wants to see more, but part of like, yeah, you finished the story here. This is what everything was leading to. Mm-hmm. You literally held the climax until the last second, and I appreciate that. That is good. That's I good. really appreciate that, because this movie didn't need falling action, in my opinion. Yeah, but really good storytelling. I really enjoyed the down-to-earth uh, love story of this film. It felt real. I could see this. There was some romanticism to this story. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like this is something I could see happening. Okay. So yeah, my first like is that it's a down-to-earth love story. What's right. your second like? My second like would actually be the Baron himself, the cat. <laughs> now, granted, be like most people say, oh, he's actually a cat. No, he's a... No, he's an anthropomorphic cat. He's statuette. An statuette. With anthropomorphic animated sequences exactly. that are in the imagination of Shizuku. Yes, which are very well done. To uh, the point where I wanted more of it. Yes, absolutely. Which I think is why, which my understanding, that is actually why they made the cat returns because they loved um, the sto- part with the Baron yeah. so much that they wish they had more. That's why they made a second movie. Absolutely. It's like, yeah, you should have done more of that. Actually, uh, I need yeah. movie three of this trilogy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just give us more Baron. That's all we need. More Baron. Yes. More Baron all the time. I need a Studio Ghibli film just called The Baron because we'd all know who it is. Yeah, exactly. And it'd be point. about... The Baron pretty much being the Ghibli version of Doctor Who with random Japanese girls being his companions and going off and saving the world from evil cat wizards <laughs> voiced by Tim Curry. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so it's the, the, the Baron be like the animation parts are fantastic. Definitely uh, Shizuku's uh, very elaborate uh, imagination. Of yes, her her imagination of the Baron and his who he is, and Gary El Gary El Elsway Elway. Yeah, Gary Elways. Gary Elways does a fantastic job as the Baron or the cat. 
And uh, there again, if you want more of the Baron, go watch The Cat Returns. It's a great film. And I believe that is actually coming up next year on our yes. uh, on our Ghibli month. But I need to double check all that. Yeah, I will be buying this film anyway. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyways. <laughs> you know, me glow- glowing over this film. Well, glowing over the cat. Well, the thing is, uh, my number two is the Baron's story sequences. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because... Uh, those are some of the most beautiful moments of this movie oh, absolutely. visually. Absolutely. And I like how, even though these scenes have no real impact right. on the story itself, other than showing her progress in writing the story, mm-hmm. you actually feel like some attachment to all these characters. And mm-hmm. to the point where that, that, that scene where uh, the Shizuku of the story is, in that gem mine and trying to find the right crystal that she needs. Oh yeah. You, I actually, that was actually a very intense thing. I was like, is she going to find it? I don't even know what this does. I don't know if, I don't know what this lapis lazuli is going to do for her, but can she find it? Is she going to do it? It's like, and then it just goes the other scene. It's like, oh yeah, that's not what this movie is about. No, it's not. (laughs) It's it's like, oh, okay. I understand. Did she find the lapis lazuli? (laughs) I want to know that. I assume she did. That that movie One would hope. That story that story had to have a happy story. ending. Yeah. But Horror story. Thank you very much. But that story is not the point of this story. Exactly. But they are so so beautiful. It's like I I just love the the look of everything. Mm -hmm. Because you go from this kind of it's not a drab Tokyo. It's a very light and colorful one. Right. But you go from this light and colorful normal world to it's like turning on in the HDR image on Photoshop and turning the vibrancy all the way up. It's like, it's so pretty. I can't see. I'm blind, but I love it. It's pretty. <laughs> or in this case, pretty. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> but it, 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 you, and then you go back and it's like, oh, this is still pretty, but it's not as pretty. I know that sounds weird, but right. it's, that's it's what it is. Understandable. Yeah, um, but in this, I enjoyed those sequences so much because it, it really, it sh- it's you. This is one of the, f- the only movie I think we we have in all of Studio Ghibli, outside of maybe The Cat Returns, yeah. in which you have the real world and you have a fantasy world, right. and they're in the same movie. And they're distinctive enough. It's like, I like both of these. I don't feel like I'm at, I'm at a loss for either one of these moments. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I want more. <laughs> Agreed. I want more. Anyway, that's my second like. What's your third like? All right. So bouncing off what you were saying just a minute ago, going into, kind of bouncing back into my, my second like, was the idea that the Baron has be like he... Because we all think of the 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 big grand scene when uh, Carrie always does the voice for the character, mm-hmm. but his the the figurine of the Baron is so key to this film, even though he's only a little statue, he's only a little statue of a cat, but his presence makes such an impact that you know it 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 drives uh, Suzuki Suzuki Shizuku Shizuku Shizuku. It's not a car. I know Shizuku. It's not, it's not a Suzuki. <laughs> but 
uh, it drives our main character to uh, do greater things with her life and wanting to challenge herself with more. And uh, it's I feel like it's 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 great that you have this one little character who isn't animated only for like ten minutes of the film that uh, cascades more of the plot and more development of our characters. And I find that more interesting because uh, even though I'm more inclined to be more action oriented uh, stories and stuff that gets my, gets my, uh, that excites me more, more uh, kinetic, kinetic storytelling. But this is the storytelling in this movie is so unique that it's, it's grounded and has a lot of, uh, a lot of fun elements to it that I'm not used to as a story as storytelling. And I just really enjoyed definitely they use a figurine of a cat mm-hmm. to compel the story further and further and further. And I just really enjoy that. So that's my second. And you've already said your second. Yes. Yeah, so what's your third like? My third Which like. I thought was what we had moved on to. We had. I just wanted to. You were, verif- you, you were verifying. Yeah. I wanted to clarify. Clarifying. Clarify. All right. So my third like was uh Shizu- shizuku <laughs> close shizuku shizuku you mess it up more i'm going to mess I, it up <laughs> shizuku. uh it's it's her journey and uh a journey in her imagination that this is a young girl who's in middle school she's a preteen and she is wanting to do more with her life and she's kind of stuck in a rut cuz she doesn't know what to do she's she is a pervacious reader, which I wish I was. Um, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm wanting to get into reading more. Uh, anyways, just the... They're going caught on reading. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> go figure. Uh, so, it's uh, Shizuku. Am I saying that right? Yes. Shizuku. Um, eventually, I'll say it right. Shizuku. Uh, so, Shizuku's journey into... Uh, finding finding a purpose in her life or finding a, a passion that she can really uh, sink her teeth into artistically and imaginary-wise uh, is very beneficial for the character because it, it becomes her anchor point where before she had no real direction or anything. She mm-hmm. was going through the motions and she, did, she you know had parents who weren't really like trying to engage her. Which just be like, oh, it's Suzuku. She's, it's just be like, oh, she's being herself. We're not gonna really bother with it. That's one of my dislikes. So I'll get into that later. But uh, she finally finds a a passion in do, which is through the Baron, the cat statue. Mm-hmm. Suzuku just uh, she discovers more who she is and the idea of uh, imagination and not. Uh, all right, so going back into my third, like uh, Shizuku's journey of uh, being a writer, being inspired by the the story of the Baron, and ultimately the the owner of the Baron story, and uh, not not just simply she she finds her drive, she finds her passion, mm-hmm. and uh, not just be like being idle in her life. And there again, being a young person, being a preteen or a tween is be like, it's, it's a struggle enough. It's struggle enough as a young person 
to you know find and and not get swept up into you know the 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 trappings of being young and young and being in middle school and high school but it's it's really nice to see cuz her parents kind of when they realize what's going on is to encourage her in that and uh that's like any person any young person needs that encouragement in their life to just be like okay you know let's explore that and not be dictated by their by their families be like oh you're going to be a shoemaker or you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be a doctor it's just be like you know butcher baker candlestick maker oh my yeah or a mime or a mime he but he gets run over all the time yeah exactly <laughs> there's a callback <laughs> or he gets run over by his own cart <laughs> once again a callback yeah a callback so that would be uh, Wacko's Wish. Yes, Wacko's Wish. I was also referring to Tangled. That too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, you know, Suzuku's journey, and I really enjoyed it. And plus, Moon is a really cool cat, even though he doesn't talk. He's kind of a cool cat. Now, mm-hmm. granted, he's a lot cooler cat than the cat returns. Let's oh, yeah, that's him. when he's voiced by Peter Boyle. Yeah, exactly. It, it took me the longest time to figure out that was actually Moon. I didn't realize it. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. This big, chunky cat. Oh, he's white. But in this movie, he's great. That he also goes by many names. He goes by many names. And I, just, I, I found that very interesting when I realized watching the cat returns and that they're, again, not going into spoilers because if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's a good movie. I would definitely be purchasing myself. But... There's a big scene where you get to reveal like what his his name is, and everybody's oh my gosh, he's this character. And I'm like oh my gosh, it's Moon from the Whispers of the Heart. It's mm-hmm. the same character. <sighs> what the? <laughs> that was awesome. But uh, yeah, I just I really enjoyed. It, so I kind of threw in Moon's. You know, it's like oh okay, he's that char- He's also the character from uh, the Cat Returns. So. Yes, I hope that wasn't too confusing, but yeah, my my third like was that. So, what's yours? My third like for this film is this was the most unexpected but well-used ver- use of the song Country Roads by John Denver. Oh, yes. I was I I knew that song was featured in this mm-hmm. movie on the second viewing, but I remember the first time you know, sitting down in my at my friend's house and hitting play, and they start playing "Country Roads" and going, "Is that what song I think it is?" Mm-hmm. And then, and then not recognizing that was Olivia Newton-John, I thought, "Do they know what sound what the song is? Do they know what the?" And then it just keeps coming back up and coming back up. It's like, what is up with the use of country roads in this movie? <laughs> Apparently, part of the reason why they did it is because country roads is a very fame is very popular choice in Japanese karaoke bars when they want to do English music. That makes sense. Yeah. So uh this is uh the the use of the song fits so well throughout this even right. though they changed lyrics throughout the film in order to fit different parts of it but and of course because she was using that as a uh for her for that graduation thing Mm -hmm. i actually showed her writing skills because rewriting poetry to still fit the meter of Mm -hmm. this of the thing where it's parodying it 
and technically in a different uh, language than the original one, even though you can't hear that in the English dub. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes some skill. That is very good. <laughs> it takes a lot of skill to it pull does. that off. It does. And even though we are listening to the translation of the parody of an English song, which mm-hmm. should be resulting in a bunch of English, uh, it actually comes out pretty well, both for the actual version and for Concrete Roads, which is like, oh, Concrete Roads. Huh. I wonder if you had some talks with some raccoons since this takes place in the same location as our last movie. Um, I did not feel like when you said that, I did not realize it was the same location. There was a point in there where I was watching going, I wonder if they are any raccoons in this film. Yeah, our raccoons. Because I kept an eye out for some tanukis. <laughs> and they could have been anywhere in this film, they and we never know. Exactly. So, for future reference, if you ever see something that looks strange or odd in a Studio Ghibli film, it's the Pompoko raccoons. Yeah. This, exactly. That's just what it is. Yeah. And I kept keeping an eye out for that, and that never happened. But that's not even the point. Right. Um, especially since the country roads were all dug up. <laughs> In the last movie, true, very true. Uh, but yeah, uh, this was such a fun little uh, the the use of that song. I thought fits so perfectly. It did, and I'm I'm happy it was there. So yeah, this was definitely the most unexpected but well used version of Country Roads I'd ever heard of. Mm. Which brings us to our dislikes. All right, what is your first dislike? There again, this is more of a nitpick. I think we're going to be running into that a lot. <laughs> yeah, just a nitpick. Uh, it's a very drawn-out story. You know, like it's, it's one of those films that, uh, for a viewer, it's okay, I have to watch this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember something... There, not There again, it wasn't... They're using contrast. So you have uh, Whispers of the Heart. They're like, I can't remember how long this movie is. It's about two hours. It's about a two-hour film. It feels much longer. It feels like a two and a half, maybe three hour film. It's kind of like the original Dune. And, and not the, it's bad storytelling or it's trying to compile so much stuff into one movie. It just has this, it's, it's a, I'm, I'm getting that look from Drew. I'm wondering why you, th- I'm okay. Not, I'm not throwing Dune okay. into the bus. First off, first off, okay. I want, I'm just going to say this. The first Dune is trying to cram so much in there. There's no way it was moving slow. It felt like it was moving slow. <laughs> to me, it did. That's because you had no clue what was going on. Exactly. <laughs> so the reason I say that, because uh, there again, it's just using comparison for my sake, that like watching Dune, having no context of what's going on, and you having no clue, uh, this movie is just the, the story, to me, drags in a lot of ways. Now mm-hmm. it's, it's not a bad. Drag. Well, I mean, it kind of. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Go mind you. But to it. some degree, the story needs to drag out a little bit because they both need to come to, they both need to come of age. Agreed. And admittedly, a part of me wanted the movie to start when she started writing the book, because to so. me, that's where a lot of the. Admittedly, I'm there for the Baron in a lot of cases, at least, at least watching the movie. But uh, I've. It feels like we, we take a long time to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And then that point is, and then that point is like a whole nother movie yeah, on top of this other hour that's before that. And they're only, and the movie's only two hours long. So, right. And, and this one is kind of more of a drawn out thing, but that's just how this one, this director handled it. 
Oh, I agree. Be like, do, do not get me wrong. This is a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Do not get me wrong on that. Mm-hmm. It's just to me, it was a. It was just. It a, does take a while to get where it, it's going. It does. It'd be like the first. I think like the first hour it takes a. It just takes a long time. There again, good storytelling. It's just the the uh, the duration of how long they take to tell the story mm-hmm. uh, gets a little tiring. Gets a little tiring. There again, good storytelling. Just a little bit of okay. It'd been nicer if they'd have been a little more succinct. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> but that's as far as I'm going to go again, to that. This is a nitpick. This is a nitpick about this film. A Geek Devotions asks, would it have been better if it was treated like a TV series? I don't think that would have worked. No. I don't for this story. Be, no. I, th- I think if, uh, if you would have done it probably in two films. Well... There again, you would have gave us more Baron. Yes, that is true. But at the same time, the if you tried to separate it, you would have to separate it where she starts writing the story. And that would not be a good ending, Agreed. even for cliffhanger ending of the, of the first half. Right. But anyway. Yeah, anyways, there again, this is the nitpick about the film. Yeah. Because you get to something about the just, film you don't like. The problem is... For you mainly, it drags. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not they be like it's oh they they pull the shoot pull the shoot down yeah and it drags about but it's more like it's like the the shoot has been open but it's not it's not slowing the story down so much. It's like when you're on the road and you get stuck behind somebody whose uh, foot is resting on the brake even though they're going uh, at speed limit. True. They are still moving kind of slow and you can't tell what they're doing. Exactly. For bits of bits of the film. Yeah, bits of the film you can't tell where, go- where things are going, but Yeah, but that's also because we're talking looking at two teenagers who hate e- don't really hate each other at the beginning, but Let's... one is very a- one is very agitated at the other one. Yes. So it takes a while for them to finally realize, "Oh, hey, actually we're in love." We actually do like each other. Yeah, we actually we actually can talk to another and be civil mm-hmm. and not just have one girl just getting continuing angry over and over yeah. again. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like at, at some points the the it does drag a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there again, that's a nitpick. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. I'm not. Yes. So that is my, so to my first nitpick. Go ahead. The Baron's story sequences were not long enough to warrant putting the Baron on the cover of the movie. Amen. Now I I know what this may not be on the cover of the Japanese version. In fact, I suspect it's not. But I suspect the real reason why the bear that, that that scene is on the front of this movie is because the cat returns came out first and they were actually trying to bank on the popularity of the cat of the Baron. That makes sense. So they put him on the cover. It's like, yeah, yeah, this is another story with the Baron. Yeah. Yeah, he's only in it for like ten minutes. Yeah. Outside of uh outside of being a figurine that shows up. Because I mean there's also that weird point, like when she first gets to the antique store and you see the Baron mm-hmm. sitting on there. And you're going, the Baron's here. The story is starting, finally. <laughs> and you guys know the story's been going because the Baron's not actually the story of the movie. So, because it's treated like, it's like the, the camera zooms in and you get the beauty shot of the statuette. Mm-hmm. It's like they obviously put in a lot more detail into that shot. So you're mm-hmm. going, oh, it's pretty. The story's about to start. No, the story's been going. You're just wanting the Cat Returns Part exactly. 2. Exactly. Or part one and a half. I don't know. Yeah, give us more cat. We we like the Baron. Yeah, she can tell. Yeah, but he's 
be, but the, unfortunately, putting him on the cover of this one, including having Shizuku, even though Shizuku is the main character, and is in front of him on the cover, she's in her uh, fantasy dress from the from the story part of it. Mm-hmm. And so you look at it, and this the cover that the movie gives you is not... This is me getting real graphic designing on this. Mm-hmm. It... It is not selling the actual movie. It is selling 10 minutes of the movie. And that's the problem. Because in order to actually see a scene from the movie on the book, you have to turn it over. And, of course, you get another shot from the 10 minutes with the Baron. and this. So you're still thinking, oh, it is the actual thing. And then there's three little scenes right here of her on the bus. With the cat. With Moon. With Moon, yeah. Of uh, her, of her, of the, of the, of her singing while playing the fiddle, of, of him playing the fiddle. Although she kind of looks like she's hypnotized in the shots, <laughs> the way they freeze framed this, and uh, her getting—I don't remember what she was in where he had to save her before falling off of the retaining wall. I don't remember what that is. And that's what it looks like. I don't know what that shot is, but. The three shots from the movie itself—that's actually sell—that's actually part of the not just those ten minutes are small right here. Yeah, I'm sorry, that is not how you sell this movie. No, it's not. I know that the Baron was a popular character. He's popular enough that they made a movie spinoff featuring him, but he is not the main character of this film. No, he should not. not be featured. As like this is the story. This looks like the cover of a Doctor Who box set. It, but that's not what this is. <laughs> I kind of would like to see that, <laughs> but that's not what this is. So I'm just annoyed at with him being only in the film for a grand total in, in full anthropomorphic form yeah. for a grand total of ten minutes. That is not what this cover is selling you. Yeah, and much. that annoys me. It's false advertising. Not completely false advertising. It falls in the loophole. Yeah, it does. But eh, this is still not what the movie you're selling. This is technic. This is that technically right thing. Yeah, which is the best kind of correct from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. But it still annoys me. So yeah, that's my first dislike. Is the Baron's only in it for ten minutes? Not that the cover would tell you that. That is true. What is your second like? Mine is the exact same. It's like <laughs> we need more Baron. We do need I'm more sorry, Baron because, like, there again, going back to my 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 one of my likes, the like the fact that the Baron, even though he's only animated like you know, anthropomorphically wise for ten minutes in the film, like his, his the essence of the character is the uh, focal point once we reach the character, once we reach the character. But for me, they should have. Uh, expanded more into the fantasy world mm-hmm. and given us more of that. And it's especially since that's where all the money shots were. Exactly. Except for the one shot of the Baron there when they introduce him, and you're like, "Ooh, the movie's about to start." <laughs> Pretty much. That's the other money shot, and yeah, exactly, you could still have that in the story I just described. Pretty much. That's what the Cat Returns does. Exactly. <laughs> So, yes, I'm going to say we just need more Baron in this yeah. film. Yeah. I mean, like, 
again, the story between uh, the two, you know, preteen lover uh, loves are the kids that are falling in love with each other. Mm-hmm. Let me say that right, then not sound like I'm saying something else. Um, it's just be like it's it's slightly annoying. Then it's like okay, we have this amazing character, and we only get him for ten minutes. Why can't we get him for like 30, 45 minutes? Because that was not the point of the story. I understand that, but we all love the cat. Yes, we yes. Love the Baron. That's so we want more that, of the Baron. That's why they made another movie with the Baron. Exactly. So give us more movies about the Baron. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Uh, anyway, ask the Baron. That's all we ask. Yeah, my come on, studios, you want to give us more, please? <laughs> Some of this is Disney and G Kids' fault <laughs> because they're the ones who designed the cover of this that thing. Is true. Come on, Disney. Come on, G Kids. Uh, Get your act together. Yes. Anyway, that was your second dislike. Yes. Okay, my second dislike for a story that is very realistic. Man, there's a lot of convenient things that happen in this film. Because, for one thing, Moon. We all love Moon. Yes. He just happened Mm -hmm. to be on the train. Yes. And just happened to get off at her stop. And just happened to take her all the way to where the Baron was. And then the Baron's not in the film. Except for ten minutes. It's like... That's convenient, but not convenient in the right way. Yeah. Because <laughs> if she had, I because that's the thing. If she had just gone to the library and dropped that off, a you wouldn't have had that part in the story. Mm-hmm. B, you wouldn't. Uh, they they could have still had them meet also, but you still have this whole thing where she meets the Baron, and that's what inspires her to have the story, which gives her the self confidence mm-hmm. to kiss him at the end of the movie. Yeah. I know there's a lot of things that conveniently happen that way, especially when you look back on them in real life. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of me going, man, a lot of convenient things happen in this. They did. Almost as if somebody designed it to happen oh, that way. Better. Almost like, you know, somebody who knew better than the characters actually knew the best way for their story to unfold. Yeah, agree. Unfortunately, this is also starting to sound a lot like Calvinism. God is sovereign, though. That's the main thing. Right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, that's my second dislike. All right. Do you have a third? Yes, I do. Actually. Okay. All right. So my third dislike. Come on, notes, really? All right. Is Suzuku's parents and and her sister, what have you. Now, I grant, I understand this is a Japanese culture. I do understand that. Uh the idea that you have a daughter who is going through problems and you see that she is, uh, she's not studying or she's studying, but she's not really studying. Mm -hmm. She's uh, just kind of flicking off in life and not having any direction. And being the inspiration for a YouTube channel about lo-fi hip hop tunes to study by. Agreed. (laughs) Even though I didn't realize that until Drew mentioned it. Yeah. (laughs) Either way. So, the the idea that if you know say hypothetically if I was married and had a, had a daughter, the fact to be like you you notice things about her that she's you know she's changed not the fact that she's you know now eleven twelve years old but more her her study habits have changed her behavior has changed her her grades have obviously dropped and so the idea that it's more like 
eh, okay. I understand you're busy. I understand there again, it's Japanese culture. It's mm-hmm. very much push, be like, be the businessman, work, 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 until you drop dead. Yeah. But there's this, the, the, the real notion of being aware of your child's needs and their problems and not simply shrugging it off. Like one scene where Suzuku has been sitting at her desk all night writing and her mom comes in and it's like, Oh, I didn't know you were in. And instantly starts griping about the lot. The, I think it was the laundry that ended up. In oh, you don't get me started on Shiho. I wanted to smack her upside her head. <laughs> it's like, she is your sister. Mm-hmm. I know you're, you have the best thought you're thinking good for her, but at the same time, can you not tell she's, could you not act like, you know, maybe kind to her? Yeah, just you're just, bit. you're just nagging her every second of the day. It's agree. like, hmm. yeah, I agree, agree. That is very, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like how, what I understand is I don't, I don't have a big sister. I don't have sisters except for mm-hmm. my sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to, understand how people have who have older sisters or younger sisters it's like it can be that way um but at the same time it's this idea that you you're you're not even remotely paying attention to the the child who's obviously going through something there are yeah. problems and neither the father the mother especially the sister do not intervene in those problems so like, hey let's have a conversation and the final, we do have a conversation. There's really no, hey, we we care about you. We want to figure out what's going on and not, oh, just continue to do what you're doing. And eventually you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But like, that's not parenting. That's not helpful. That's not parenting <laughs> at all. It's more, oh, just let her do whatever she wants to do. And then she turns to a vagabond and doesn't go to school. Because and she's too busy writing. She's too busy writing. And uh, it's just that the the parents do not intervene in a or they they don't really try to find out what's actually going on. Exactly, they're they have a meeting. Yeah, they have a to meeting. say you know how important it is to keep your grades up. Yeah, exactly. Why aren't why yeah, you know it's like you could ask what's going on, what what, what what's happening. Yeah, exactly. There's you're obviously distracted by something we want to understand. Yeah, because we love you. Mm-hmm. Not I, yeah, and I I get the I get the fact that they're. In a way, they are still acting loving towards her, right? Especially th- via Japanese culture that we are not, yeah. and that we we are not in. Yeah. But you do get the feeling that all four of these people they have their own, uh, their own uh, agendas, mm-hmm. and yes, they do work around each other like a well-oiled machine and working like clockwork. But when something goes wrong, you got to find out what's going on. Yeah, and obviously uh, Shizuku is having an issue, yeah, where she feels like she has to grow as a person so that she's, I guess, worthy of yeah, exactly. of her, of Seiji. Yeah, she's worthy of Seiji. She's Be- worthy of everybody else. And admittedly, she probably ha- she has felt like throughout most of the movie like she's not exactly. Uh, she, she's been lazy. It doesn't help that her parents and her sister keep talking like she's lazy. Also, yeah, that doesn't that's that. not that's helpful the in the that's slightest. One of the but anyway, because honestly, she is working hard on all this, all the stuff. Because even when she's not reading, I mean, there's a reason why she was the lo-fi girl. Yeah, that's true. On for the thing, it's like she's actually in their setting, and you're the one who picked 
the headphones off and yelled at her for not doing not doing her other chores because yeah. she was too busy doing her homework. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting mixed messages. <laughs> just just a bit. It's yeah. There's it's priorities, people. I, yeah. I, I understand. Be like it's it's a goal oriented culture. It's and there's like, a very goal oriented family. Yeah, pretty much. And would you want to live in an apartment like that? That's all. Be like everything. I mean, that's smaller than books. That's smaller than this apartment. I agreed, but Jiminy's, Jiminy's, man. I, uh, I also got the feeling there was not enough communication between the no, four of them not. for there's that to not. be a healthy thing. But that, that once again, could be cultural thing that I don't understand. I, that, yeah, exactly. Be like coming from an American, coming from an American culture standpoint. It's the idea that, like if your kid's going through problems, it's like, hey, let's let's talk about this. Right. And sometimes it'd be like, it's just you got to let them talk about it and not force it. And yeah. Anyway. So, anyway, so it's the 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 lack of communication, the uh let's 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 dogged our child about this and this and this and not get to the source of the issue and uh let's let's resolve it with oh, let her do what she wants to do. Let her which what, makes me wonder what the point of y'all having the sit down meeting exactly. was. Exactly. Other than to make her feel worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great job parents. You did a really Bad job, says the two guys who yeah. are not parents. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I would hope, hope and prayer that you know, if I ever have a child or adopt a child or marry into a family that uh, has children, that I would have, you know, that if something like that came up, I would be able to, you know, instruct and be able to uh, guide in the, guide very with wisdom and discernment in those to what is going on in that child's life, rather yeah. than. Oh, just let you do whatever you want to do. And then that child is still living in our basement until they're 30. No, thank you. Get out, get a job <laughs> and complete high school and go to college. And I don't think that was actually going to be the issue. But oh, anyway, I, I knew that, but it's more yeah, thank you, modern I, American thing. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Either way. So, yeah, that's my, my third. I don't have a third dislike. Really? I tried. I tried to come up with something. Really? Um, but honestly, I I can't. The the whole way the movie is set up, mm-hmm. every time I thought, well, this could be a dislike. No, wait, that makes sense because of this thing. So it's like, and it happened over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I don't have a third dislike. So okay, we need enough. to jump into our rating for this movie. Agreed. Uh, go I go first. Okay, I am giving this a eight. I'm giving it an eight. It's a nice down. Like I said, like I said earlier, it's a nice, realistic, uh, uh, down to earth story, love story, and I appreciate that. I love the mute, the uh, the story, the sequences with the yeah. Baron, mm-hmm. even though I wish they were longer. That's why there's another movie. Exactly. Uh, so. I appreciate all that, and both of my nitpicks are just like, it could be better, but I can kind of live with it, sort of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm giving it an eight because I think it is actually a legitimately good movie. Hmm. And I, I would completely agree with you. Be like, this has an amazing story. It's definitely unique. Where it's it's more down to earth. It has more substance substance to it that has uh like real meaning to it and it's focused around a figure and also uh, two characters who are falling in love with each other 
and I would definitely give it an eight. It's just it's got it's got a great heart. It's just it's perfect in its execution <laughs> in some ways. And then others, it's a little bit here or there. But there again, overall, it's a great film that people need to watch. Now, granted, I have a lot more appreciation for The Cat Returns ever since I watched it. Boy, we are really building up The Cat Returns yes, for this. Yes, for good reason. I, I've already ordered, I'm pre-ordered for Amazon. <laughs> so, yes, I, I will. De- we will definitely be reviewing this film, I hope, next year. I believe it's next year. Okay, so we'll, we'll... I'll need to double check, but I think when I looked it up, the, the Cat Returns yeah. is... Uh, I don't remember if it's right before or right after Spirited Away. Because mm. I know Spirited Away is next year. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. We might squeeze it in there. Maybe. Maybe. De- maybe well, I don't it know. depends on how many de- uh, Saturdays are in November next that year. That could make it easier. Anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, I give it an eight. It's a good yes. movie. Yes. Good movie. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. It'd be like, it's, it's a, lo- a long term movie. Not long term, but just, it's a good film. It's a good film. Go watch it. Yes. Uh, once again, I want to read our trivia question for the, our next episode, which is Who wrote the English language version of Princess Mononoke? And of course, we're asking this question because next week we are reviewing Princess Mononoke. The film that caused us to rate Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind lower because we'd already seen Princess Mononoke. (laughs) Go check out that episode. That's actually a good episode, too. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, join us next week for that. Uh, Do you got anything else before we jump out of here? Uh, uh, No, I will be out of town this coming weekend for a retreat. So, yeah, if you guys are prepared for that, be awesome. All right. So, uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So, where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but... Uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob E. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the cellcast gaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live action movies. No, you can't. And remember, Cell is a single L. L. Country Road.
Take me home to the place I belong. West Virginia, Mountain Mama. Take me home, country roads.